Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. I'm Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. I'm so excited that you've joined us. And if you saw the title and you're still here, I'm so excited because we're talking about scheduling. And I really hope that some of you just hate to schedule. You hate using a schedule. You hate making it because I really hope that you can find some joy in scheduling after this podcast. And for those of you who love your schedule, but you find it's constantly interrupted, I think you'll find a lot of help in this podcast too. This is totally practical look at scheduling. So relax, there will be no condemnation for anyone in this podcast. Are you ready to go? I was sitting with a young mom who confessed to me that her kids hadn't gotten any schoolwork done the whole year. It was already November. The house was a constant mess, and she had all these homeschool dreams, but she was just giving them all up. She needed help. You know what? We all can get derailed by the interruptions of the day, and it's so hard to direct children, to teach children, who want to do their own thing, especially if you've been up all night with a sick baby or nursing a little baby. You can look at rigid moms who run a tight ship and you think, that's just not me. But you might be a rigid mom and you think, you know what? My rigid schedules just don't seem to work with my children. Maybe it feels impossible to stay on a schedule right now. So what can you do? Well, I want to remind you before we begin that a schedule is your servant. A schedule is not your master, but the truth is a schedule is a great servant. For those of you who don't know me well, I'm Meredith Curtis. I am the co-owner of Powerline Productions. We offer all kinds of homeschool resources to bring the joy back in homeschooling. And you can find us at powerlineprod.com. This is episode 141, so if you're thinking, oh, I want to see the show notes, just go to Flexible Scheduling Can Work For You, episode 141. Instead of thinking in hours, like a normal schedule, what you find in a day timer, let's change the template. Let's completely get rid of the rigid lines, the rigid hours. Because the truth is, if you're like me and you're a mom with little ones or you're a mom with grown ones or you're just trying to keep up with all the teen schedules, you find that those hours don't work so well. They just turn out to be, oh, wow, the baby pooped all over everything. And now 45 minutes later, I'm super behind schedule. What happened to me is that when I was in high school, I really didn't live on a schedule. I just got my stuff done, and then we played, and, you know, I got my stuff done, and I hung out with my friends, and everything was great. But then when I got to college, things were harder. They were just really hard. And so I had to make a schedule to make sure I got my homework done. And so I just made a schedule, and it wasn't super-duper fancy, 
but it was with hours, you know, so I'd, I'd plug my classes in and then I'd plug like how much time I spent in the dining hall, 15 minutes eating, 45 minutes talking. And I just, I had these schedules. In fact, I would give a copy to my grandfather because he liked to know where I was and he would pray for me while I was at college. So anyway, fast forward, I am a new mom and life is grand. And I realized, okay, the schedule, you know, it, it really doesn't work anymore with the baby, but there's some kind of routine, like I have a laundry day and have a day where I dust and vacuum, but that's pretty much it for my schedule. Then I start homeschooling. With one, it was no big deal. With two and a brand new baby, I thought, you know what? I need to get organized here. I need a schedule. But when I tried the hour thing, it didn't work. So what I did is I went to something called block scheduling. I like to call it flexible scheduling because I'm going to tell you ways that you can like move the blocks of time around. And that's why I call it flexible scheduling. But it's really based on block scheduling. So what you do is you stop looking at your day in terms of hours and you start looking at your day in terms of blocks of time. So the blocks of time in my life are before breakfast and then, of course, breakfast, between breakfast and lunch, lunch, between lunch and dinner, dinner, after dinner, and then if you have a bedtime ritual. Now, you might want to give this idea to your husband's. Or dads, if you're listening, you might want to do this for your wives. My husband, I would wash the dishes every night when the kids were were small. This is when they were small. Now we each have our night. We do the dishes. But when they were small, I would be washing the dishes, and my husband would give the kids a bath and put them down. And you cannot even imagine how much that blessed me because number one, I like to watch dishes. I know that's crazy, but I do. And number two, it was just me alone in the kitchen washing dishes. And I could pray. I could think about things. I could daydream. And it was just my happy time, to be honest. After like, you know, a busy day, you know how it is with kids. There's just a lot of energy and It's wonderful and fun and exciting, but then you need a little rest. And so that was my little rest time each night. You may be the one to put your kids down too, but that bedtime ritual is really important. And if you're a mom, you are probably so tired by the end of the day. But I just encourage you, be faithful with that and don't like, don't let them manipulate you and keep, and keep pushing their bedtime back and back and back. Just, Set set something around 7, around 7.30, around 8, we go to bed. And when children go to bed early, it gives you a little time to rest and recuperate. And it makes everyone more cheerful in the morning. So anyway, that's my little plug for early bedtime. I wanted you to just think about that schedule. Now, what I did is... In my show notes, you're going to see that I have what I'm talking about. I have a sample for Monday, for Tuesday, for Wednesday, for Thursday, for Friday. And you can kind of get a picture of what I'm talking about. So if I'm talking, you think, oh, my goodness, what is she talking about? If you look at the picture, it will make sense. And you can even, like, listen to things I'm talking about and look at the picture while I'm talking. 
So anyway, again, the episode is number 141, Finish Well Podcast. Okay, reality check. When we don't have a plan of some sort, things fall into chaos. Now, your children may be different, but here's the truth about my children. If I don't give direction to my children, they slide into neutral because that's the easiest thing for their brains. They might watch TV, watch a video, get on the internet, they might nap, they might eat. And here's another truth. I have found myself doing it too. How many of you have gone to post a picture on Instagram and then 20 minutes later, you're still there just scrolling through and it's not like anything is super exciting. One time I spent 20 minutes looking at Melania Trump and Princess Kate's clothes and I thought, what on earth am I doing? Sure, they look super cute, but it's really this, you know, is this not a, a great waste of time? Anyway, it was really funny. If I'm led by my heart, you know, if I just follow my heart and do what I want to do, I would never dust. I would never vacuum. I would definitely never clean a toilet. I would eat candy and watch old TV shows, you know, like Perry Mason and Magnum P.I. They might be before your time, but I would not choose some of the things that, you know, are constructive, productive and all of that. I might also just talk on the phone all day and poof, the day is gone. So I love this verse in Psalm 90, verse 12. And this is something that's been really precious to me as I've made my own schedules. And I'm going to tell you all about how we do that in our house. And this is what the verse says. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. I love that because it's like saying, Lord, just open my eyes to see how many days I have and how, like how much time I have in these days. And I want to be wise. I want to present a heart of wisdom to you. And notice it doesn't say, I want to have it all together and be a perfect mom. It says, I want to present to you a heart of wisdom. The focus is off us and it's on Jesus. It's presenting this to him. Lord, I want wisdom when it comes to my time. And there's so many principles when you think about like honoring the Lord with your time because you want to surrender the day to him. You want to have a plan, but you also want to have a flexible plan. So if he has other plans, you can lay that aside. So one day from this verse, I sat down with a calculator and I figured out how many days I had to homeschool my children. And the number seemed super big until you compare that with your entire life. So now I homeschooled a really long time because when my oldest child graduated, my youngest was starting first grade. So my children aren't all bunched together. They're pretty spread apart. And so I actually homeschooled for 25 years. And then I still teach in a homeschool co-op. I teach in a, a co-op online, True North Homeschool Academy. And so I... I ha I still love, I loved homeschooling. I loved doing it for 25 years. And I love still being involved in the homeschooling movement and impacting my grandchildren, other people's children, other homeschool moms and dads. So that's just something that I really love. Even though I homeschooled for 20 years, that season is so short because I only had 12 with Kate and then 12 with Jimmy, uh, 13 with Kate and then 12 
with Jimmy, of course, and the other kids too. But I'm just, you know, I told you that I stopped. I graduated Kate and then I started Jimmy in, in, um, first grade. He had already finished kindergarten. So our season with our children is short. So we want to prepare them to live successful, productive, joyful lives. Um, if we're too rigid with our schedule, our children are not going to be very joyful and they might not even be that productive because they're going to feel stressed out. If we're loosey goosey all the time and we just kind of go with the flow, whatever happens, honestly, we will not raise children that are very productive and successful. So we need to be focused and disciplined, but flexible. And that requires a plan. So when I'm thinking about my schedule, and I still do one every year, and my children actually do. I, I'm going to tell you how we did schedules in our home, and my children continue on that practice, which I think is pretty cool. So the first thing I do is ask myself, what really matters? I like to step back and say, what do I want my days and weeks to look like? What do I want to accomplish each week? And that includes chores, schoolwork, free time, and reading time. Like I found after a few years of homeschooling, I never got to read. So you know what I did? You know what I added into my schedule? Reading time. After lunch, the babies took naps and all the rest of us, we had free reading time. And I, I didn't use that time to make doctor's appointments and, you know, schedule a dentist appointment, but we just sat and we read. And I also want Jesus to be the Lord of my home school. But what does that look like? So those are some of the things that I was asking myself. And you might be asking yourself different questions. But really get to the heart of what do you want your days and weeks to look like? And try to be as realistic as possible. Like I know I want my house to be immaculate, but that's kind of silly to think that is truly going to happen. So then examine your husband and your children and what factors will play into this plan. My husband and I are both early morning people. And our children, though not all of them were early morning people in their teen years, I discovered that they did their best work in the morning. So in addition to that, my parents raised me to work first, play second. So I learned at an early age to suck it up and get the job done quickly, as not quickly so you're haphazard, but, you know, not wasting time so that you can relax and play. So I, I didn't like to dawdle. So it's not like I took five hours to do my homework. I quickly did my homework. So I might watch a TV show with my dad or call my friend on the phone. And so that's kind of how my parents raised me, to work first and play second. And that's how I raised my children. Now, I'm not saying that's the only way to be. I'm just telling you how I am. So with my children, we got all our schoolwork done, and then it was complete free time for hours. A lot of families, they'll have school time and then rest time and break time and then more school time. And that's great because every family is different. Your schedule will look completely different from my schedule. So when I tell you about me, think about you and what would work for you. What kind of values do you have when it comes to time management? I also wanted to spend time with the Lord in the morning. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. 
my children made their own breakfast from the time they were really little. Like they would pull stools over and pull down the cereal and get out the milk and make themselves cereal. My mom always made me a hot breakfast. My daughter makes her children a hot breakfast. But you know what? I feel like my children got a better me because I spent time with the Lord and had a quiet time than if I had made them a hot breakfast. So that was just the way, uh, the choice that I made. And I wish that I could have done both, but I didn't know how to make it work. So think about what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're not willing to sacrifice. Because sometimes we have these standards on ourselves that people really, really don't care about this. So here is what I came up when I'm just thinking, what do I want? What really matters to me? I came up with this. We would do the intense schoolwork in the mornings. Fridays would be a field trip or fun day. And we did that until middle school, high school. When Katie Beth got into high school, we would take her to Friday enrichment classes. And that was kind of our fun day. And we, you know, we would also still do fun things, the younger ones and I. But when everyone, of course, when the younger ones, once they got to high school, then we weren't able to do homeschooling in four days. So if we wanted to take a day off and go somewhere, we would just do extra schoolwork at a different time. We have church and Bible study every week. So we go to church every week on Sunday morning and we had Bible study every Wednesday night or sometimes Thursday night. But Bible study and church were really important parts of our schedule. So I would know that on Bible study night, my children were going to get to bed a little bit later. So we would wake up a little bit later the next day. Mike used to do Bible time with them each morning. So while they were eating breakfast, he would eat his breakfast and he would open the word and he would teach them. My children, they had to do their five things before breakfast. And this is what that meant. It's really simple. It sounds like, oh, five things? Well, yes. They have to brush their teeth, brush their hair, get dressed, make their bed, and then have a quiet time. Just look at their, like when they were toddlers and preschoolers, they would just look at their little toddler Bible, say a prayer, and if they wanted to sing a song. And that would take about two minutes. But I wanted my children from the time they were little to get in the habit of having a quiet time. So that was what they basically did and hopefully straighten their room too. But they would come, so they would come down, they'd be fully dressed, teeth brushed. And I know so many homeschoolers love to do school in their pajamas. And I think that's great. It's just not how we did our homeschool because I found that when they were dressed, my children actually were a little bit more serious about their schoolwork and they got it done more quickly. So most of our chores would be done after schoolwork or on Saturday. We used to have the Curtis cleaning machine, but that's a whole nother podcast. If my children wanted to take a break day for whatever reason, they had to work ahead to be caught up. They didn't catch up later after the break day. And that is a big thing for us because I found for us, once we got behind, it was really hard to catch up. I also, in planning out the school year, I scheduled our workload so that we had two weeks a year that were called catch-up weeks. So one week was in the fall and one week was in the spring. It wasn't our spring break. We still sometimes had a spring break. 
But that way, if we ended up getting behind because of sickness or an unexpected trip, we had that week to catch up. So that was a blessing, too. But that's a whole nother topic because that's talking about, you know, year-long planning. So here's the thing. Not everyone will share your values and priorities just like you, you're you listening to me and probably thinking, well, I don't have that same value. I don't have that same priority. And that's fine. What's important is that you know what truly matters to you because if you don't take that into account, it will derail your plans. So if you just use my schedule that works great for me, it won't great work great for you. You'll get frustrated with it because it's not taking into account your priorities and values and goals. So examine yourself, examine your children. If you have children that are absolute monsters before eight in the morning, do you really want to force them to wake up before eight in the morning? I mean, maybe you should think a little bit more flexibly with your scheduling. So think about that. Yes, you can retrain children, but be prepared for some difficulty there. So we kind of talked about we're getting started. Now it's time to plan the blocks of time. Remember, we said this was flexible block scheduling. So what I want to do is before we talk about that, I want to take a quick break so you can hear a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Powerline Productions wants to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus as you homeschool your children. Because of this, we offer a wide variety of books and e-books about homeschooling. Joyful and successful homeschooling starts with the basics of getting ready to homeschool, then moves through the nuts and bolts of schooling your own children. Don't miss this great resource. Learn more at PowerlineProd.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-L-I-N-E-P-R-O-D.com. Powerline Productions. Being world changers, raising world changers. You've been listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Now back to your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, welcome back. We are talking about planning those blocks of time in our schedule. So think about when your family members get up and when you eat breakfast on average. How much time is it? Do your children wolf down their breakfast in five minutes or do they take about an hour? Sometimes there's time during breakfast to read the Bible. For example, my daughter Katie Beth has kind of followed in her dad's footsteps and she reads the Bible to her children at the breakfast table and then they pray. Think about mornings. How much time do you usually have between breakfast and lunch? So in our house, we can eat breakfast anywhere between 7.30 and 8.30, latest 9. And lunch can go anywhere from noon to 1.30. But 
It doesn't matter the exact time because remember, we're not using hours. We're using these blocks of time. So then lunchtime, does everyone sit and visit? Are people on their phone? If people are on their phone and they're disengaged from each other, lunchtime can be a really good time to read aloud or listen to an audio. And I'm going to encourage you, take, if your children have phones, take phones away before they go to bed and don't give them back until their school is over, their schoolwork is over, because children really don't need their phones with them when they're at home doing school, and they can really be a distraction. So afternoons, how long is there normally between lunch and dinner? When thinking about that amount of time, you can't include the time that you need to prepare dinner. Unless you're doing something like narration, where you're asking questions to your son and daughter while you're chopping onions <laughs> and peeling potatoes. After dinner, we aren't able to commit to any schoolwork or chores after dinner because we're just tired and we don't have much energy. Remember I told you we do really good work in the morning. Your family might be just revving up and so after dinner they're really ready to get a lot done. Now, once you have a feel for how much time that you have, you may have time for three subjects, you may only have time for one, but you need to have a feel for what the norm is, and maybe you do need to make some changes, but as much as possible, try to fit in with how it works. So plug in your subjects, chores, reading time, play time, screen time, and free time, all of that. Plug all of that into your schedule. So for us, the only subject that we've always done every single day is math. And I I heartily, heartily endorse doing math at least five times. It's like stretching when you get out of bed. It's so good for the brain. I told you already, my children do their five things before breakfast. And we like to read in the afternoon, early afternoon, while the babies nap. We do history and science all together, but my children do their spelling and grammar on their own. So by the time my children are doing math, I've always been down there. And if they need help, they can ask me and I can help them. And I also schedule in for my personal schedule. I schedule in time to grade papers because if I don't schedule that in, I literally will not do it because I hate it. I don't like grading papers. It's boring to me. Grading papers is super important. If your kids are doing worksheets or writing papers or taking tests, you have to grade them. You have to set aside that time. You can look at my show notes and you can see the sample Monday through Friday schedule. There's five different ones, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. And you can see the different things that we did. Now, here's a reality check as you're planning these blocks of time. One thing I had to constantly remind myself was that to homeschool, I had to be home quite a bit. I used to overschedule a lot, and then I would think, why aren't we getting anything done? Well, it was because we were never home. So I realized that we might be able to go on a ton, do a ton of different things, go here and go there, but it didn't leave us any time for schoolwork. Once we leave the house, we are just not able to get back into the groove. So if we leave our house three mornings at 10 o'clock, those three days will be shot for homeschooling. 
So I had to learn that, that if I scheduled a doctor appointment, if I scheduled meeting someone at the playground, it all had to be later in the afternoon and as late in the day as possible. And remember, again, we're morning people. And so morning is our best time for school. And also another reality check, just because you have a plan for every day doesn't mean each day will go according to schedule. You're going to have interruptions. You're going to have spills. You're going to have accidents. You're going to have people dropping in. And what do you do with that stuff? Well, a spill, you just clean it up. And it's so important when things happen to not be angry because you can think, oh, my goodness, I'm making a plan. And now there is a spill and get so mad. But the thing is, that's part of life. And so if you can calm down and say, well, of course I would have a spill. Why would I expect that my week would happen and there would be no spills or no accidents? See, that's what I've had to train myself to say, to say, oh, of course this happens. We live in a fallen world and things like this are going to happen. Also, if someone drops by, I say, children, let's take a five minutes break to visit with Mr. Sadalucha. And then I say to him, we have five minutes to visit with you, but then we have to go back to school. So if you want to join us, you're welcome to watch. And believe it or not, I have done this over the years because my husband is a pastor and young singles would just pop over. And some of them would pop over and they'd say, well, can I stay and watch? And I'd say, sure. And they'd stay and watch. And now they're wanting to homeschool their own children. So it's super cool that you can have a ministry by letting people see you homeschool. I just never even imagined that. So I have, I have Friday afternoon set up in my weekly schedule to go to do doctor's appointments and errands and things like that. But what if a doctor or dentist can't put me in then? What do I do? That's when you move blocks of time around. And this is what I love about flexible block scheduling, because if something comes up, you can move that block of time somewhere else. So say the doctor can only see me on Tuesday afternoon, but on my schedule, that free time to do things like that is Friday. So what I do is I switch Friday afternoon with Tuesday afternoon. Now, whatever I was going to do on Tuesday, I now do Friday. And that's why with my schedule, I always schedule free time in because there is a ton of things we don't think about when we make this ideal, you know, schedule. But if you have this empty time, and I like to do it with about four hours of empty time each week, that gives me a lot of room to move blocks of time around and still be able to get everything done. I am not kidding. Being able to move blocks of time around has helped us to be so efficient and productive and to stay. We, we, my kids usually don't get behind and we've never had to school through the summer because our kid, my kids are behind. And, and I think it's because of that. I think it's because of this block scheduling and being able to shift these blocks around. So as my teens got into high school, I discovered that they would have to log a lot more hours for homeschooling because of the writing and reading. And that meant that schedules were more tricky and each child needed to find their own rhythm. 
So when my kids were younger, there was a family schedule. But when my kids got older, they each had their own schedule. So by middle school, they had their own schedule. So what did that mean? I have five children, but say I had four children at home and they were all in middle or high school, then they would each have their own schedule. We'd have a family schedule that would be posted with the general like school hours and you know, if anyone had the different things we had to do, like church and Bible study. But then we had each individual schedule. And I would make these schedules, and I would just make them with a table in Word. Like, it, they weren't super hard. And then I would decorate them with little clip art and make them real pretty for each child, or handsome, or cool. And then... I would post all of, I'd make two cop. I'd print up two copies. I would post everyone's schedule on, I have a big white cabinet in my homeschool room, so I would just tape it to the big white cabinet. And then I would give them each a copy to keep in their assignment folder. And that was a lifesaver because I cannot tell you how many times my children would pull out their schedule and you would think, oh, well, every, but they should know. I mean, every single week they do this on Tuesday, but you forget. And so you look at your schedule and you're like, oh, yes, I read my biology textbook today and then I work on literature. And so that kept them so organized and productive. And what happened is that each of my children, when they went to college, they continued to make their own schedule. So it really worked well. Now, after a month, we would all tweak our schedules because we'd realize, wow, I gave myself too much time for this subject. I didn't give myself enough time for this subject. Usually my children need to log tons of reading in high school because there's you're reading textbooks, you're reading literature, and these all these things are longer than earlier in um, time when they're in younger grades. So if you make your first schedule, I'm going to be honest with you, it will probably be idealistic and not realistic. And I've made many of those. For example, I cannot tell you how many schedules I've made where I was going to wake up at 530. And I never have ever done that. I wake up all the time at 6, and I do occasionally wake up at 5.30, but not when an alarm is set. If an alarm is set, I will turn off the alarm and go right back to sleep. So I had to realize, you know what, I need to make realistic schedules, not idealistic schedules. So you can see some of our schedules in the show notes, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. I feel when I look back... At my homeschool years, there was a lot of peace in my home. Now, I was not a perfect mom, and yes, I've yelled at my children, and yes, I've threatened to send them to public school. I never did. But um, we had a lot of peace and joy in our home. And I attribute that a lot to scheduling because scheduling this way with flexible block scheduling, what it does is it provides these boundary lines. And in Psalm 16, it says the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I think when we have boundaries, when we have the banks of a river, keep it from overflowing, it just gives us some stability and a sense of order. 
And then we still have so much flexibility with this kind of scheduling. But children are very secure and in an environment that has a routine in it. And especially a flexible routine that is realistic. Because if you have a rigid routine, children feel like, oh, wow, I ruined the family schedule because I broke my arm. Children shouldn't feel that way. Or I'm needing some extra time with math. Children should not feel like they're ruining this schedule. But on the other hand, when they know the schedule and they fit in with the schedule, it helps them to be really productive. And and it also gets rid of so many manipulative conversations where they say, but mom, I want to go to my friend's house. I'll do my schoolwork there. And you say, I am sure that you would. But this is what we do on Tuesdays. And I'm not going to change the schedule, but maybe this weekend, maybe Saturday afternoon, you can go and hang out there this Saturday. Or maybe you can get some schoolwork done ahead and have a free afternoon. So it's much easier to deal with children who are pushing, pushing to go here and there to say, this is our schedule, this is our routine, rather than no, you can't go. And then they walk away thinking, mom just doesn't love me and she doesn't want me to have any fun at all, which of course isn't true. But when your children know this is what we do, we do it every week. Mom is not being mean. She's just keeping to her schedule. Anyway, I am so excited to have shared this with you because it has been a breakthrough for me in my life and helped me to be so productive with my children and help my children be so productive with their homeschooling. I hope flexible block scheduling will work for you and be a blessing. Let me know. Um, email me or message me. At, um, you can contact me on my website, powerlineprod.com, and let me know how it works for you. God bless you, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.